What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. Joining me again this week is my good friend, Mr. Garrett Hedrick, and we have another incredible episode lined up for you guys today. But let me tell you something. It is Thanksgiving week, Garrett. Can you believe it? I am so excited. Literally one of my favorite times of the year. I think something that this time of the season and year always bring back to me are just some memories of spending time with family, which I thoroughly enjoy. And a tradition that I'll mention in and throughout the episodes today, but a tradition that I have with my family is every year we kind of gather at my aunt and uncle's house. And as we're sitting around this table, about 30 to 40 of us, we have food everywhere. We're so excited to stuff our faces. But before we do that, we always take the time to sing the dog doxology and then we pray over the food we pray over the year so on and so forth but then we go around the table and each person has to just name at least one thing that they're thankful for and i think in and throughout those moments man we have had some difficult years right as a family we've had some individuals within our family have difficult moments and tears can be shed but it's just such a time of i would say peace where we can actually bring forth to the table something that's on our hearts and that attitude of gratitude that we'll really dive into today garrett what do you love about thanksgiving what are you specifically maybe thankful for this year yeah i think it's so awesome that we take a day yeah and just set it aside to be thankful gratitude, express it any way you can. I I love this time of year. I love this day because it ushers in one of the best times of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful for family. Mm. And in all of that, I know that there are people traveling, headed home, That's right. going to see relatives they haven't seen in just about a year. Mm. And so I think I want to encourage our listeners today uh, with Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Love it. And I want to read it. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put these things on, love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. I, I love that verse. Yeah. And I think it encourages me in a few areas. Headed home, I need to put on love. I need to put on peace patience, kindness, humility. And so for our listeners today, as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday, I want to remind you, as you're headed home, think on the things that are above. Yes. You know, be be thankful that you get to see the people you get to see and mm. and, and all of those things, like who who knows what kind of awesome conversations that could come from right. from just living out the things that that Paul says in Colossians. Mm. Um and, and the the love aspect and and the gratitude and the thankfulness and 
you know, the whole idea of admonishing one another, I think this is a really good challenge for us to, to press in and, and to hold on to as we head into the Thanksgiving holiday. I love it, G. And something that you mentioned even just before was, I think, you know, this idea of like, what is God's will for my life in this specific moment? It doesn't matter what the circumstances, what the experience, the external may look like, but First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. What a blessed time of year. Like you said, an amazing day, an amazing holiday to reflect on all the things that God has given us and blessed us with. And so today we're so excited um, as we're going to be introducing to you guys just a really good friend of mine, Amanda, I'm incredibly thankful for Coach Adam Donier. Let me tell you something. Even though we've only had a, you know, limited opportunities of interacting with each other every time I get the chance to connect with Adam, always love feeling so refreshed. Um, and encouraged really to know there are people like him in this world. A little more about Adam for a second before we get to dive in here and hear from him today in the interview. Adam's the president and founder of Link Year Prep in Branson, Missouri, which exists to give kids a year of purpose for a lifetime of pursuit as their goal is to empower future leaders to impact the world for Christ. Adam's also heavily involved with Canica Camps, having worked alongside Joe White for many years, and he also serves on the teaching team at Woodland Hills Family Church alongside a familiar face to the podcast, Pastor Ted Cunningham. My friends, my prayer is that in and through this week's interview, you'd be encouraged and you'd feel more equipped to living a life of gratitude and developing a grateful heart, no matter your current circumstances. That being said, let's chat with Adam. Coach Donnie, thank you so much for joining us today. Zach, thanks so much for having me, brother. Man, so excited. What a blessing it is just getting the opportunity to sit down with you. I just had the privilege of enjoying some time with you here in my hometown of Lynchburg, Virginia at Liberty University. As one of your guys, Kai, seven-footer, just committed and signed to play his collegiate basketball career here at Liberty University as a flame. We are so excited up here at the mountain. I just wanted you to know that. But coach, that being said, I just felt such a synergy between the two of us and some of our passions. And I left feeling so encouraged by all that God is doing in and through you and your life and what you're doing truly for the advancement of his kingdom. To inform our listeners a little bit more about you, you're a man who's had impact in so many different areas and spaces. Uh, you've been heavily involved with Canica Camp for years. You're on the teaching team at Woodland Hills. Um, Family Church was alongside a guy that we love so much here at the AACC. He's near and dear to our hearts, Pastor Ted Cunningham. Him. But coach, when I think of you, I think of two words, Link Year. Um, coach Adam, you're the founder and president of Link Year, which is truly one of the coolest opportunities I've ever had, I've ever heard of, really, for kids all over the globe. So, Coach, just as we begin, can you share a little bit more about what Link Year is for our listeners and also what you've seen the Lord do when it comes to the fulfillment of a vision he placed on your heart years ago? Yeah. First, Zach, thank you for that undeserving introduction. But so link, link year is exactly what it says. It's, it's a link. Uh, traditionally, they, people have heard them as gap years. I didn't like the word gap. It, it gives a negative connotation. A link is linking one thing to the next. And so mm. for a lot of students trying to figure out who they are and most importantly, whose they are in God's kingdom, right. that year between high school and college of trying to figure out, man, God has wired me. He's gifted me. Now let's help students find that out. So we launched in 2011. We, we launched this link year in 2011, saw it quickly gain momentum. And after four years of starting link year, 
because I was a college basketball player. I've always been passionate about basketball. We started a basketball team in 2015, and the basketball team quickly gained some success and some momentum. And so from there, it just continually grew legs and like a snowball going down the mountain, it, it continually grew. And so, yeah, I've been blown away, still blown away by this day that I get to do what I get to do and what God has done and is doing through Linkier in the lives. And so, Zach, I say it this way all the time, our, our whole heartbeat with Linkier from the beginning was to send kids onto college campuses to impact that campus rather than that campus negatively impacting them. And by God's grace, we're seeing hundreds of kids across this nation do exactly that. Man, coach, that's so powerful. You know, on your website, Linkier's website, it says that you guys exist really for a year of purpose for a lifetime of pursuit as your goal is to empower future leaders to impact the world for Christ. As you're saying, coach, you have this love and desire to just truly help the next generation to be world changers, to be, I would say, mountain movers and allowing God to just kind of influence and just infiltrate in and through them to impact countless other lives. So it's incredible what you're doing. I'm so incredibly thankful for you. I've heard incredible things about Linkier in general. And so for all the listeners out there, if you're a parent, if you're a student who needs that Linkier, man, look into it. Linkier.com, an incredible resource and place and space to go. But coach, as you said, man, you were a baller back in the day and Linkier basketball has just taken off like I have never seen before. But I'm kind of interested, coach, when did this love and desire for basketball really begin for you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I grew up in a broken home and my parents were divorced when I was eight. And so any, any, divorced kid goes through insecurities and worries and wants. And so for me, rather than running to drugs or alcohol, my idolatry was really basketball. It, it was unhealthy for a while. I ate, slept, and drank basketball. My prom date was Mr. Spalding. Like that, that <laughs> I was obsessed with basketball. And, and by God's grace at the time, I didn't realize he was using it to protect me mm. from so many other ills. And so I would tell you at an early age, as far as second grade, I just became in love with this orange ball. And by it, God used it to do so many things. Um, and through it, I ended up getting to go play it at Boise State, where I also came from the Lord. So he used basketball to get me from where I was to Boise and then got me to Boise. And, and that's where I came to the Lord. And, and the rest is history. That's amazing, coach. And you transitioned out of your playing career. Like I said, you played those years at Boise State, as you mentioned, but then you got to coach even at Link Year. I'm um, coaching the prep team, but then you've kind of transitioned out now, as you told me the other night, and you're kind of just overseeing things and kind of mentoring and stewarding guys and just serving them and your best abilities. But what I kind of want to ask you right now is for all the coaches out there that are possibly listening to this podcast today, I know coach that you've learned so much in and throughout your experience around the game, but also just in pouring into other people, especially this next generation. So I'm wondering what's the word of advice that maybe you'd give all the coaches out there as to what you've learned about leadership and maybe about the significance of a coach's role, um, maybe trying to understand and to serve and to develop just the guys that they get the opportunity of pouring themselves into. Any principles maybe or pillars that you share with us? Yeah, the first thing I would love to say is, is the late Billy Graham had a phenomenal quote when he said, a, a coach will have more impact in, individual, in an individual's life in one year than most average people will in an entire lifetime. Mm. And so I, I, the first thing I would say to coaches is don't minimize or underestimate your platform yeah. and your ability to impact a life. 
at, at every level. And so a lot of times a coach serves as a, another parent figure, yeah. a role model, different people look it up to. And so if you're a faith-based coach like I am, basketball is just a tool. The basketball is not the ends of the mean. And so regardless of what sport you coach, I, I think here's a big piece of advice. Every athlete of yours is not a volleyball player. Mm-hmm. They, they aren't a basketball player. Basketball, volleyball, baseball, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. It's not who they are. Amen. And so help athletes continually point their identity or worth their value in Christ and not in the sport they perform. In. And in doing so, I've discovered that my athletes perform much better because now you've just removed this pressure from their shoulders mm-hmm. to be who they are and know that their worth is not based on whether or not they get X amount of points or X amount of spikes or X amount of home runs. That's but their right. worth and value is already decided in Christ, and that's priceless. Mm-hmm. That's so priceless, Coach. When I think about it, a lot of the teaching I get the opportunity of doing in that mental health space and helping coaches and players just kind of relate better, interact better, um, and really in a more healthy way is I think of it as two things. There's player coaches, right? And then there's recruiter coaches. The recruiter coaches, man, they can go out there, they can find talent. But at the end of the day, it's always that next man up mentality. It's kind of my way or the highway. If you're not going in that way, if you're not producing the results I'm looking for, man, you're gone type of thing in the snap of a finger. Whereas a player coach, what I hear you talking about is somebody that loves on the player and cares more about the individual than they care about that end game or the result or the scoreboard at the end of the day, really helping remind them that their worth, that their value, and that their identity is not attached to their performance. We can easily get caught up in that space. So I'm so thankful um, that you're one of those people. You mentioned something though the other day at the game as well about washing the feet of your players. And that really intrigued me because I, I've heard the quote that says, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Coach, help me understand maybe as to why you do those things yeah so specifically we had kai up at liberty and by the way i want to give richie a big shout out the head coach right. at Liberty, because he is a player's coach he cares more about the individual soul yeah. than he does their external performance and it's why he's one of the greatest there is but but i i think uh with kai their culture in china the seven footer that liberty just got is is honor your elders honor those things and so we were able to discuss why we're at Liberty, why I washed our players' feet and why mm-hmm. I did those things. And it was really uncomfortable for Kai. And I got to explain to him that my king of kings washes my feet. Yeah. He served me, right? Matthew 20, 28, just as a son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Right. And so if that's my model for leadership, which it is, then, then I need to be a servant of all, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've never in my life, Zach, heard anybody say, man, I don't like that guy. He just serves me too much. He's just too much of a servant. And and I've never heard anybody in my life say, man, I don't like that guy. He's just too humble. I've never heard those words ever in my life. He reeks of humility. I just don't like him. (laughs) Never heard. Now I've heard the opposite. I've heard, man, that guy's really arrogant. I can't stand him. But so if I want my players to follow me and I want them to go to battle with me and I want them in the trenches with me, I got to wash their feet. Mm. I got to let them know. And in serving others, right? Philippians 2, we show other people Jesus just in the way we serve other people and the way we wash feet. And so I want my life to exude and reflect Christ in all I do. And so I think one of the best ways to do that is through servanthood. So. 
Mm, so powerful, Coach, because I think that's exactly, that is the example of who Christ is. He goes into battle with us. He meets us in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our difficult seasons. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That is the battle cry of who Christ is. I'm so thankful that you do that and that you continually wash your players' feet. That is so inspirational to me. Um, Coach, but of all the things you've done, what I love about you is that you keep the main thing the main thing, right? With Christ at and in the center of your life, above all else, second to him, you've placed an emphasis on family. Uh, You're married to your wife, Stephanie, and together you have two boys, Aiden and Anderson, better known as Dubs and Panda, right? And the other night as we were chatting, man, I asked you a question. And it was, what's one thing that you feel like you've displayed for and instilled within your boys that they may not fully appreciate yet, but you believe they will be thankful for down the road? And your answer was that of gratitude. Coach, we're in Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving is only two days away from the release of this episode. Why do you believe it's so important to have a grateful heart and posture of thankfulness? Man, what a great question. You're poking a passion right here, Zach. So if... if Gratitude is God's will, which I believe it is. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. You and I talked about this verse. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all, not some, not a couple, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if gratitude and thankfulness is God's will for me, then entitlement, which is the antonym to thankfulness, would be to walk outside of God's will. So I don't know about you, Zach, but I want to walk within God's will. I want Aiden and Anders to walk within God's will. I want to usher my wife into God's will as our heart posture of our family is that of gratitude and thankfulness continually. And so we live, as you and I know, uh, and and I'm sure every generation at some standpoint struggled with entitlement. It it just, it is, if you're not careful, it creeps in you. Like you and I can flip on Instagram or any social media device and see something we don't have that somehow marketing convinces us that we need or Mm. that someone we're close to has something we don't. And so we think we're owed it or deserved it. And the reality is there's nothing more God could possibly give us than his very own life. That's, right. that's, what he gave, that's what he gave you and I. And so I think for me, as as the patriarch of my family, the, the leader of my much better half, Stephanie, and my two boys, that the greatest gift I can give them is to wake up every day realizing what they have to be thankful for because it's ushering them into God's will. And so I challenge my own boys, Aiden and Anders, what would you have today if the only thing you possessed is what you thank God for yesterday. Mm. Would I be able to listen to you right now, Zach? Would I be able to see you on this? Would I be able to taste food later? Would I be able to be walking because I thank God for legs at work? Would I be having friends and family? What would be in my world if the only thing I possess is what I thanked him for yesterday? And so I also think it's a great heart posture towards reminding ourselves of the gospel. Right, You and I wake up every day and remind ourselves of what we actually deserve and that God's grace and what he did on the cross doesn't give you and I what we deserve. That quickly cultivates within me a heart of gratitude and stirs my heart's affections back towards my Savior and what he did for me. Mm, Coach, that is so powerful. What if, would you be content 
if the only thing you had today was what you thanked God for. That is a powerful statement and one that, man, I'm going to use down the road. That is so good. I wrote that down. You know, as you mentioned, though, I think gratitude is so important because we really do develop the sense of entitlement, right? Where it's just like we get what we want when we want. And by doing so, I think we can easily fall into that comparison trap. But as you mentioned, I was reminded of a simple note that I actually found in a fortune cookie. I love Asian food. I love Chinese food specifically. I was opening a fortune cookie the other day. And on the note, it actually read, gratitude makes what we have enough. And that sparked something within me, right? So spiritually speaking, as you already mentioned, some of my favorite passages, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, and then the infants, obviously, Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I think, though, another verse that really stands out to me, and it's one that I often use and help people walk through when it comes to mental health, right, is Philippians 4. When you look at Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And let's be honest, though, coach, sometimes that can be a really difficult or tough assignment when it feels like everything in life is working against you, when it feels like the wheels are really coming off your bus. However, one of the things I feel like I've realized throughout the years when looking back into the verses prior to that actually give us the game plan as to how we can do it. It says in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. But then verse five is instructive as it says, let your gentleness or your confidence be known to all people. The Lord is near. See, the Apostle Paul, I believe, strengthened himself even in the most difficult of circumstances by believing that the Lord was near. In other words, he practiced the presence and the power of God in his life every single day, no matter what. Therefore, if you want to be anxious for nothing, right, we have to believe not only that the Lord is near, but that he sees us, that he hears us, that he loves us, and that he will see us through. Coach, help us understand the importance of clinging to the Lord and clinging to these promises in Scripture in the midst of suffering and how that can potentially result in a grateful and joyous heart and spirit. Cool. Man, Zach, that is so good. So God wouldn't have said it in his word if it wasn't important. So you're right. When, when you talk about Philippians 4a, be anxious about nothing but pray and supplication. And he keeps talking about coming to him with thanksgiving. Yeah. And we're in a cold. And remember, I, I'm, I'm surrounded around 90 freshmen in college every year. Yeah. And as you know, and I'm so grateful and thankful for the work you're doing in mental health because it is it is an epidemic, what we're seeing in our country. I even showed you the other night when we were hanging out at the game that, that the U.S. is number two in depression to Ukraine. It's crazy. And, and, and so with, with anxiety and depression and all these things, I'm not saying that it alleviates all of it, right. but Thanksgiving alleviates a lot of it. Because right. when you look at what we do have, rather than complaining or depressed about what we don't have, mm going to cultivate in us hearts of joy. And and so I I think that goes why God keeps saying, hey, look at all you have to be thankful for. And I've learned in my life, Zach, I I may have a tough season or there might be tough things going on around me, but there's always somebody that has it worse than I do. I I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Nick Vujicic, but that brother has no arms, no legs, and lives with more gratitude than almost anybody I've ever seen or met. And, Mm -hmm. And so... I think so many times when we look inwardly, right, that that's when we become ungrateful. When we start looking upward and outward, as Hebrews 12, 2 tells us, let us look to the author and perfecter of our faith. 
That's what cultivates joy. That's what cultivates gratitude. And, and I think that's why God was so passionate about it. I think that's why Paul complete, continually repeated it and, and the importance of gratitude and thankfulness. And not just one Thursday in November, mm-hmm. but this should be a heart posture that you and I carry with us every day. And, and, and I've, I've seen it. When I've been able to eradicate some linkier students, Zach, from entitlement, yeah. it's amazing how much their whole outlook on life changes. Absolutely. Coach, I think like what you're saying, when we look upward, it almost is an act of surrender to where that's when God can do the transformation, right? That's when he transforms hearts, when he renews minds, when he reships like perspectives in our lives. That's what God does. We can't really do that on our own. I even think of the fruits of the spirit, right? It's of the spirit for a reason. We have to surrender and give him control each and every day. That's how we kind of develop that posture of thankfulness of a grateful heart and spirit that we're talking about, this attitude of gratitude. You know, one thing that you also mentioned at the game that I love is that every day when you get the opportunity of being around those linkier basketball players, you go around the locker room and you ask them one question, what are you thankful for? When I think of that question, I have to ask myself that all the time, right? Because I want to develop this um, postured attitude of gratitude as well. I think of a, a quote um, that a woman named Nancy Lee DeMoss actually said that got me through one of the most difficult seasons of my life personally. And she said, I've realized that in any and every circumstance I come up against in my life, I can do one of two things. I can whine or I can worship. And it's impossible to worship without giving thanks. And so when reflecting on my life, what are some things I'm thankful for? I can think of my wife first and foremost, right? I've been married for a little over a year now. And what a blessing it is to have a partner to walk alongside of throughout life. My family, my friends and community, my church body, my pastor, just so many people that have poured into me. I'm incredibly thankful for those people. But coach, I want to ask you that same question as we kind of come to a close today. What are some things that Coach Adam Donia is thankful for? Oh, my goodness. First and foremost, the cross. I, mean, right. I, was, I was in the muck, in the mire, my man. I, I, there's nothing in my life I deserve, and, and I completely believe that. Uh, secondly, my better half, Stephanie, uh, yeah. over the top thankful for my bride. She is my prayer warrior, my greatest encourager. Uh, two amazing boys that, that I love dearly. I, I love being a daddy. What God has done with Linkier, uh, thankful for new friendships like with you, Zach. I'm fr- thankful for other friendships that, that sharpen me, as Proverbs 27, 17 suggests. Uh, I'm thankful for food in my belly, water, the opportunity. I, I, how long do we have on this podcast? Zach? That's right. Because I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm, I'm thankful for trials because as I look back at the trials he's placed in my life, it, it's only got me to where I am today. Even having to go through a divorce, as I alluded to earlier, ha- has made me more sensitive and passionate about guys I coach, players I coach that are gone through divorce and haven't had a daddy around or haven't had a mom around or whatever. Like, I, I'm thankful for it. Any and everything that has happened in my life, because Romans 8, 28, God is telling me, hey, I'm using it for your good. Mm-hmm. And, and I might not see it at the time, but I'm going to use all things for good for those I've called according to my purpose. And he does, and he has, and he's faithful, and he's true. And so, yeah, thanks for that question. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for everything. I'm thankful for everything in this world, man. I love it, coach. That's, I was listening to a message the other day and the pastor got up there and he was praying over his congregation, specifically for those in times of need, those really struggling, going through pits and dark seasons of life. And as he's praying over them, he's praying in such a sensitive way. And then all of a sudden he kind of shifts in the middle of his prayer. And he Mm -hmm. says, but God, even if you do nothing else, you have already done enough. 
because of what you've done by sending your son Jesus, right, for the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And because of that, we don't just have to scratch and claw anymore and fight for victory. Rather, we get the opportunity of fighting from a place of victory. For that, I will always be thankful. And coach, that is just such a powerful word that you just shared. We have so much to be thankful for because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done, and because of the, just the, I can't even imagine what God went through by sending his one and only son to pay the tribute for us, right? To pay for our transgressions, our sinful nature. We will literally always have something to be thankful for. Coach, how we always love to kind of end our podcast interviews is by leaving the door open for our guest to just share a word that maybe God has placed on their heart for such a time as this, maybe something he's been pouring into you and teaching you in this season of life. So what I really want you to speak into is the person out there listening today who maybe feels a little discouraged, right? Maybe feels disappointed with how their life has gone up to this point. Maybe person out there today who's really not looking forward, coach, to this Thanksgiving holiday as there's going to be an empty seat at the table this year and they're experiencing just a really difficult time during the season of life. Coach, what's the message of hope, encouragement, and motivation that you want to leave us with today? Yeah, I'm going to share a quick story. Uh, this last Sunday, I preached at Woodland Hills on Ecclesiastes 3 mm. and part of Ecclesiastes 3 says that God put eternity on every man's heart and so if you're chasing temporal things and they're not satisfying your heart, it's because God didn't put temporary on your heart. He put mm -hmm. eternity on your heart. And, and so it, with that, I want you to know this, that God sees you. So after I, I preached on Sunday, the last service, we went to do spontaneous baptisms and a woman was walking up towards me and she was a middle-aged woman, probably in her mid fifties. Mm -hmm. And I could just feel the spirit impression on me. Just tell her I see her. Mm. And so she comes up to me and I look at her and I just said, before she got a word out of her mouth, I said, hey, God sees you. Mm. Her mom next to her, her, sister next to her, they all just start wailing, weeping. And right before they came up to me, they were praying and she said, God, if you see me, I just need to know that you see me. Wow. And so whoever's listening to this today that needs to know this, I mm. want you to hear this. God sees you. He sees you in the difficult holiday season when you feel like nobody does and nobody cares. Or you've been through a broken relationship. You've been a hurt. Hear this. God sees you. He sees you. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your joy. He sees you and you're not alone. And you might feel like you are right now and you might feel like there's no hope, but there's always hope because God sees you. Coach, I love that. Actually, one of my favorite names for God is Elroy, which means the God who sees right? Regardless, like you said, of your sin, of your shame, he asks us to lift our eyes to him because that's the God that we serve. He loves us enough that says, I don't care about those things. You're not defined by those things. You're defined by what I've already done for you. Coach Donier, I just can't thank you enough for your time, for your willingness to be on the show. Like I said, the impact and the influence you have on the masses, but more importantly, including my life. I'm just thankful for you, sir. Um, thank you for joining us today. I'm praying that you and your family have a blessed Thanksgiving. You're going to Hawaii, right? Come on, man. We're going to watch the Maui Invitational. Got some alumni. <laughs> That's awesome, coach. Enjoy your time. As my dad would say, don't miss those moments. Don't miss a single second of that with your family. Love you, coach. I'm very, very thankful for you. Love you, brother. Thank you so much, Zach.
Man, everybody, what I want to do as we close it out is I just want to read one of my favorite Psalms, Psalm 100. I'm sure many of you have heard it before. You probably read it during this um, Thanksgiving holiday time. And then just kind of end with a couple of things before I pass it off to G to close us out today. Psalm 100 reads, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing or thanksgiving. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. My friends, the truth is life isn't always easy, right? We all know that. Praise doesn't always come out naturally many days of our lives, but as we meditate on and better understand who God is and the character of his heart, The truth of God's word can produce hearts of praise within us as well. Why? Because even if he does nothing else, he has already done enough. Because of what he has done by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to be crucified, to be buried, and to be resurrected on our behalf. And because of that, we get the opportunity of not scratching and clawing our ways through life, fighting for victory. Rather, because of what he's done, we get the opportunity of fighting our battles throughout life from a place of victory. My friends, because of that, you will always have something to be thankful for. Gee, how do you want to close this out today? There are so many things yeah. that we can be thankful for. That's right. And I think you you expressed it so clearly. We have so much to be thankful for because of what Jesus has done for us and on our behalf. So as you as you head into this this Thanksgiving day, this season, remember no matter what your circumstances look like, no matter how good you have it or how bad you may have it, look for opportunities and moments where you can just stop, pause, reflect on the things that you know you can be thankful for because it'll change perspective, it'll change attitudes, and also it'll change environments. When you can express gratitude for just about anything, and find those moments of, hey, that's worth that's worth praising, that's worth being thankful for. Mm. I'm telling you, it'll absolutely change the way that you live. Mm. I love it, G. My friends, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoy your time. Enjoy the moments. My dad always says, don't miss these moments. Enjoy every second. Enjoy the food. But man, give thanks in this time and in this season, especially during this holiday season as well. My friends, thank you for joining us. We can't wait to see you next time on the Build Different Podcast.